All right. Welcome to the To the Perspective Artist podcast, Lessons from an Unknown Actor. I am your host, Nick Macron. I am super excited about my guest today. She is a creative branding expert and a change agent who believes everyone has something worth saying. I totally agree. She has combined her passion for color and clothing and photography, film, design, and psychology to, to guide clients through a very unique and compelling personal brand. And she has a forthcoming book called Leading with Style, which explores the power of beauty and how it influences the nuances and brilliance and leadership. She also has a terrific podcast, which I had the great honor of being on a few weeks back, also called Leading with Style, which I encourage you all to check out when you get the chance. And finally, and I think just most importantly, she's just really a wonderful and thoughtful person. So please welcome Jui Turando to the show. Jui, thank you so much for being here. I know you've had a long day. I so appreciate it. No, thanks, Nick. No, it's my it's my delight and pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, yeah. So first off, uh, you know, I always I like to ask my guests to give me a little background. Where, so where did you grow up? And and uh, yeah, tell me where you grew up and how did your upbringing influence your passion for what you do now? Well, I was born in Sacramento, and so I'm a California native, and lived my first formative, I guess, 12 years there. My parents split, and then my mom moved to Southern California, uh, San Diego to be exact, and that was a huge shift for me, going from Northern California to Southern California, very different culturally and, and just everything And interestingly enough, uh, during that time, I had kind of a a very creative, uh, you know, without getting too deep, too heavy, too quickly, (laughs) I just met you, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I I ended up going to about, uh, between my parents, between Northern California and Southern California and one year of Germany in between, between my ages of 12 and 18, I went to, I think I counted around 10 different schools. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, when I think about what, what how my life, how the, those years impacted what I do today, I would say that because I had to transition so much and, and fit in or try to into multiple, so many different cultures and communities, that my identity and my relationship to it became very fluid. And actually what first became a very scary thing then became kind of an opportunity where I thought, well, oh, great, now I'm in a new school. I get to reinvent myself yet again. And so it actually became kind of fun and interesting. And and each year I would excitedly come up with the new Jui that I was going to be. Oh, I love that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because you had a choice there. I thought, you know, I think for a lot of young kids in in, in your position, they might have looked at that as, hey, I just got to survive this. But it sounds like you looked at it as an opportunity to, as you say, reinvent yourself. And how did you choose that route as opposed to, I'm just going to find a way to tread water? Um, I mean, there were certainly treading water, don't get me wrong. But I guess because I was much more of a, I don't know, I just, I've always, maybe one of my true talents has been a social being and I've, I just the way to survive was to survive socially. So I figured that was the only way I was going to actually make it through. And that was to create family wherever I went. And that would mean creating an identity that would call forth the people that I wanted to attract in any given situation. Oh, wow. I love that. Create family wherever you go. I'm going to write that down. So, um, I know we talked about it briefly, but can you 
can you tell me in your own words what what is your mission? What is it? What value do you hope to offer people? Well, my mission currently, because it's always evolving and changing, and like I am, it it feels like more and more the concept of resuscitating the concept of beauty in our world and in our country and in the way that I work with individuals to cultivate their own sense of beauty and beauty in an aesthetic form and beauty as in a deeper conversation, but truly as, you know, as the depth of one's being expressed in, as you would say, the manifest, which is one's image and, and really looking at that as a, in some ways, a spiritual journey versus just like, uh, well, you know, I just want to look good, which there's no, nothing wrong with that. And especially since you're, you're an actor and you kind of come from that world of looking good just to look good, you know, that, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I, am wearing the purpose. I'm smoking a pack of Marlboros and I'm wearing a leotard. I, I, uh, I have no clue what that means. <laughs> yeah, well, I you know, I just actually got back from LA recently and once again was you know, reminded how people just love to lo- look good for its own sake and sure, as a sure. thing, right? And and there's like I said there's nothing wrong with it. I don't want to make my whole concept here is not to ever make anyone wrong for what they what they're up to. But if they're up for a in, more interesting conversation and for a more a deeper game then there's a way to use beauty as an evolution and as a much more, um, I want to say like how I'm seeing this in the deeper. And when I talk about this, I'm going to get to the point in a second, but I really feel like the more we can celebrate like the true depths and the true beauty in our image and in our environment from a, from a authentically, I don't know, connected to one's higher goals, values, then it changes the world actually because my one of my concerns is is that when we become sort of apathetic to beauty and apathetic to our surroundings then we're we're okay with degrading the environment with degrading mm. um the, the earth which i feel is the most important thing that we have obviously because without it well we're nothing and so i i've been actually linking how the personal really is a part of the a much bigger conversation because if we do care for our bodies if we care for our environments in our like literally our home then it plays out into our bigger home then we care about our bigger home and so that's how I'm actually going about it which is kind of it's my subversive revolution that I'm starting with like kind of getting people excited about looking good Mm, I love that. So there's a, there's a much broader, broader theme going on than just uh, looking good for looking good's sake. That's terrific. Yeah. Um, why do you think branding is important? Why do you think branding is important from a marketing standpoint? Uh, say you're an actor or you're an artist. Um, why, why do you think that's important? Because I think a lot of actors listening, I know for me, man, I can't tell you how many times I heard that word thrown around uh, and I had no idea what it meant. Because the only thing I knew how to be was myself. I know that sounds a little hokey, but um, you're you're told by a lot of people that you need to lean into a certain type or a certain, and and I think a lot of actors have a tough t- actors in particular have a tough time with that. Um, can you just go ahead and, and define branding in your own terms and, and and tell us what it means to you? Yeah. Well, so branding in my own terms is is 
is, well, first of all, let me just acknowledge that I think a lot of people hate the word branding because it just feels so commercial mm-hmm. and it feels, and we're used to it in relationship to big companies. And so it can feel kind of gross to say, oh, now I'm like a corporation or something, which I think to our deeper souls doesn't resonate. And so I get why there's that challenge for a lot of us, myself included, to, to we're still, I think we're still on the verge of a new word for, for this and, and perhaps we'll come up with it in the, in the near future. Maybe I will, I don't know. But in the meantime, we're using it because we, while it's sort of is, there's somewhat of a distaste there. There's also an understanding of the power that it yields because if you think about big companies, I always talk about, and when I'm giving workshops, the difference between Coke and Pepsi you know, it's all in the branding. I mean, sure, there might be like two people that could actually tell the difference of the flavor, but you know, everyone else, it's truly they're choosing Coke versus Pepsi because of a feeling, because of a storyline, because of an identity. And so that's powerful. And each of us have that as a possibility when we're creating our signature, our unique stamp in the world, such that, like, as an actor, if we're just going to bring it to your community, as a director, if someone's a director thinking of, I have this role, who do I want to fill it? If you are an actor that has that mark in the world, like you focused in on this particular type of, you've really mastered. And I like looking at it like mastering something, a certain type of role, they're going to think about you. Whereas if you're just a jack of all trades and you're kind of like everywhere, but nowhere, it makes it a lot harder for people to then place you because you're always that sort of ephemeral non-entity. <laughs> sure, sure. All and right. so, hold on, there's a really noisy car. Um, and so I think when I think about why is branding important and why is it something to consider, it's mostly just like when you said, oh, all I could be was me. Well, that's already the greatest first step because – you know, branding is about creating a consistent narrative that, it, well, essentially it's it's just that. It's creating a compelling, consistent narrative. And so the only way you're going to do that is if you actually are yourself. But who you are is sometimes hard to find, especially as an actor, because you're constantly getting all these outside influences of being told who you're going to be. And we all do to a certain degree, but actors more because you're actually an invitation to it. But yeah, we're told who we are. And so to actually take a step back and go, okay, this is who I am. This is what I want to create. And then, and then to really, really dig deep and see if that is true, that's where you'll get the consistent, you know, the narrative consistently, because when you're truly yourself, there's no efforting. It's just so. And then you amplify that in ways that are true to you. And sometimes like someone like I can come in and say, okay, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Let's amplify that. Then that's cool because it's not building on some sort of uh, fantasy. It's not building on a, you know, well, this is what sells. So become that. No, it's like become who you are and sell that. I see. So there's no artifice. You're just essentially building upon who you already are and who you are. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I, love, yes. I, I was going to use that word amplifying who you already are. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, as long as we're on the subject, um, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions of branding? And I know you've sort of alluded to it, how, how it's sort of that ugly word of commercialization and, and average, you know, and marketing yourself. But um, I don't know if we need to be scared of those, those words all the time or those terms. But 
what, what do you think is, a, is, is something that people continually misunderstand about branding, that the people that you come across? Well, you know, the misunderstandings sometimes can be, well, I think there's a lot of resistance to it. There can be just, again, because of that, you know, corporate um, stigma. Yeah. Stigma. And then, of course, when I said, you know, spending time to figure out who you are and leaning into that, well, then some people consider that to be egotistical. Like, who am I to do that like why why does it matter why can i just be me as i am right now and 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 so i think there's more than anything i just see a resistance to branding because we almost don't want to get boxed into something that we're afraid we might not be or that we might fail at or that again someone might think we were being presumptuous to to aggrandize ourselves such that i'm working on my brand because it does sound kind of snooty doesn't it <laughs> and so so it's like it's more that well, i just try to bring the conversation forward and say you know we can do this in private we can do this in a quiet space and we could call it whatever the heck you want that doesn't matter but it is it's a refinement of self it's a refinement of being and it's a celebration of yourself and a into what is so and like as we said prior amplifying it and when you do it from that place i think then it starts to like i said become this beautiful unraveling or like the lotus with a thousand petals like you just can't even know what you'll discover until you go into it okay that's terrific um this might be kind of a weird question but does branding precede clarity of purpose or do those things go hand in hand i mean do you have to know exactly what your mission is in order to know what your brand is. I mean, how do those two things influence each other? I think they go either one before the other or vice versa. I mean, I don't think there's any right way per se. Uh, I, I certainly have seen with people that I've worked with in my own, my own life that, you know, we, I actually, you know, let me roll back. For me, that's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about branding, and it is a great way to discover life purpose, because when you start to kind of shed all the storylines that you were told you were supposed to be or that you thought you should be, or that back to sort of the dark side of marketing, and I don't say branding because I, I look at branding as a very neutral word that can be used towards less authentic means but marketing can be more inauthentic potentially and and so people kind of i've done it you know gone down some directions that were not me and i wondered why they didn't work but i but i but i because there was a part of me deep within that said you know this isn't who you are and even though you're you're marketing that and you're creating this brand it's never going to work because there's some part of you that's just a total no to it. But because you think it's going to bring in the money, because you're told this is the right thing for marketing purposes, this is, this is, you know, being told again by outside forces, I had to go down some wrong paths to realize that, Oh, that's why it didn't work because it wasn't in alignment. And so this is where, you know, branding can actually by really digging deep and being like, what am I about? What lights me up? what are my quirks? What are the things that I just love? And you start, you go into them, your purpose starts to just naturally unfold in front of you. That's what I found at least in my life. And so that's one of the reasons I love branding is because it becomes this beautiful journey of, of discovering your path in, in, in a very visual and literal sense. I love that. 
Um, how has your personal brand evolved over the years? How has your personal brand evolved over the years? Oh man, it's evolved so many, so many, so many ways. How many times has it evolved during, <laughs> during this conversation? <laughs> oh gosh, oh, like at least 10. Um, yeah, no, I, I will say, I mean, one of the things I deal with, with people or I talk about, shall I say, is the concept of archetypes. And if you're unfamiliar with archetypes, although if I'm dealing with the actor community, I mean, it's essentially like characters. Archetypes are, are truths, are, are sort of the core line, you know, you have the villain, the mother, the father, the king, the queen, the knight, the, the victim, you know, these are sort of the time, the, the, the characters that will always have always and will always play out through all times and all storylines. And within each of us, we have all of them, but some are more prominent than others. And one of them for me is a chameleon. I, a great example of that would be Madonna as sort of a uh, larger version of that archetype and, or more out loud, shall we say. <laughs> and, and so, but it really worked for her. And I think she leaned into it and she really celebrated that. And so we can all have archetypes and brands that are, you know, they, they, that, that do change and evolve. And I think that's sometimes the fear and certainly was mine. Like, I don't want to be boxed in until I realized, oh, right, I'm a chameleon. So that means I'm always changing and evolving. That said, even with Madonna and even with myself, there are deep seated trends for her. It was sex. Like it was always like, it's always going to be sexy. I don't think I've ever seen that ever change and women's empowerment around that, her own empowerment around that. And for me, when looking at my life and all the different iterations of what I've been up to as a filmmaker, as a photographer, as a fashion designer, as a stylist, as a now personal branding and identity specialist, actually the reason why I could even own that is I realized what is the thread between all of these identities? Identity. Like I've always been interested in identity work. And so the creation of identity, even in my artwork, um, it just, it's just that theme. And so it kind of made sense that I said, well, this actually makes sense that I'm doing this because it's bringing together the one single thread that seems to always play out in whatever identity I assume. I see. Now, is there a particular medium of art that influences more than the others? Or do you consider yourself first a photographer, first a filmmaker, first a painter? And how do you merge those passions that you have? Because I think it's, it's awesome that you're so deeply passionate about so many different types of mediums and expression. But um, is there one that you identify with more than the others, and why? Well, I mean, I guess obviously fashion, clothing, the art, clothing arts is and has been a huge, probably my number one thing. And the reason I can say that is because when I'm lying around on any given day, what would excite me more? Making something beautiful, sewing building something, wearing something beautiful, um, going on Pinterest, looking at beautiful outfits. It's something I seem to, I go through phases where I'm like, okay, I'm so over this. I got to get a break, but I always <laughs> come back to it. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I've been shopping for two days with a client. I'm done. And then like two days later I'm back. So it's just, it, it you know, I, I have a love affair with, um, fashion first and foremost but I would say secondly is photography and I've been doing that since I was 18 prior and I've just recently gotten back into it again in a whole new way and so that's 
that's been great. And that's something I love doing with clients because I, I feel like there's so much healing as well that we can get from photography and being photographed and, and looking at it as a healing modality and not just a place to try to capture some look or whatever. Like you can actually really um, learn to own your body in a whole new way with photography and film by watching and observing yourself in these mediums. So I love those two probably the, the most. Okay. I love that. I love that. I love how you combine them too. I think that's, I think that's really fascinating that you're not limiting yourself to one medium, you know, that you're not kind of trying to put yourself in a box and say it has to be this or it just has to be that. And, and, I think there's there's a there's a reluctance for people to to dabble in other mediums because they're so hooked into a single identity. If I'm not an actor, then who am I? If I'm not a writer, then who am I? But what I've discovered sort of in my own journey is that you have you have to be a three-dimensional storyteller. You've got to be three-dimensional in what you're doing. And um, I think it's 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 the artists that really sort of hone those other crafts that that make them that sort of like bulk up their arsenal, so to speak, that make them a real true, true force like, like you've been able to do. So I really admire, I admire the fact that you aren't limiting yourself to one type of, uh, one form of expression. Um, well, it does. And Nick, I will, I want to interject here. It does have its challenges though. I mean, I think the world, to be honest, I probably would be quote unquote more successful in sort of the traditional sense of society's understanding of that. If I had, continued solely with say photography when I started that at 18 because I was really good at it and I had a whole future ahead of me and there was a lot of things that could have just gone down that way but because my one thing I've learned and actually through the whole branding process is that some of us we just take a longer we're on a longer road to discovery Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that doesn't get talked about enough in the society is that we you know, we're like, you have to be young and successful. And, you know, some of us, it's going to be a longer road to discovering what that thing is. And it may be till the end of your life, but just knowing that that's okay and that's perfect and beautiful, I would like to see that being celebrated more. But, you know, so I would say I'm kind of like on the medium track with that, where I feel like it's kind of all finally really coming together in the last few years. But for a long time, I was thinking, what the heck is going on? Here I am, a photographer at one moment. Here I am, a filmmaker at one moment. Here I am now, you know, a wardrobe designer. Nobody knows what the heck to do with me. I don't know what to do with me. I, but I can't, but, you know, I had to follow my truth. And that sometimes doesn't look right. And sometimes people won't make sense of it. And and you just have to trust. I can totally relate to that. I mean, at least right now. I mean, I was on a single trajectory for a long time, but... You know, as you know, I've I've started to branch out more into you know not just being an actor, but an actor writer and an actor writer speaker. Um, so, and the reason I branched out was because the way that I was going about it solely by being an actor wasn't wasn't enough. I wasn't I, I realized that I wasn't going to get my story told unless I wrote it. Um, and I think being an actor is a very very unique thing for many many reasons. It's you know it's not as meritocratic as a lot of other industries. Uh, it's the least meritocratic, I guess, but um, you know, I, it sounds like for you, um, it wasn't, it was, it was, uh, it was a desire to create maybe more opportunities in your life. Is that fair to say that you branched out to other mediums as well to see where it might take you? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, one might say for a while I was just certain I had just a low attention span and I would kind of beat myself up about it when I was thinking, God, you know, here I was, I got to this level of skill and excellence and usually had some pretty awesome opportunities open up in front of me. 
and then I would turn them down or something would, and then I would pivot and it would, um, feel kind of strange to me. And then later like confusing. Cause I just wish like sometimes I would cry literally at home, wherever I was and just so confused about my life. I was like, why does none of this make any sense? Like I don't, it's just not happening the way that it quote unquote is supposed to, or that you, you, you see your friends around you succeeding in ways. And, and it's just one of those things where if anything I've learned in my ripe old age of 36, yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, really. but I've lived a lot in this 36 years. Let me tell you, there's a lot has gone down. So, but one thing I will say, it's like at this point, I'm learning to just have a lot more compassion towards myself because the day, and this is part of my branding journey as well. The day I realized, Oh wait, Jui, this is me talking to myself. You never signed up to have a normal life. That was not your trajectory. You could have had that so many times and you said no. Mm -hmm. And every time you tap back into that, you're here to lead your life and it's not going to look like anyone else's you're that's when you thrive. That's when you're happy. And that's when things come together. And so it was just like, Every so often I kind of get off on a, that was the time, the few times where I feel like I really was off was when I was trying to live like a more normal mm, life. Mm, and mm, then uh, that's when I would just feel my inner light dimming and, and then I would feel myself comparing myself to everyone else and feeling bad about myself. And that's cause I was trying to fit into some storyline, but one like every time I step back and I go, wait, that's not that's not your storyline. And, and you can't even know your life is such a miracle. All of our lives are such a miracle. And I guess that's the thing that I, I'm most passionate about serving people is that we all just realize we're just, we're, we're doing an amazing job at our own story. If we could just remember that. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like, you know, what I love about your message is that, Hey, it's, I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying it's different. Um, this is my journey. I'm not placing any judgment on people who you know, want the two kids who want the mortgage, who want the nine to five. That's it, just not for me. It sounds like it was what you're saying. And I, and I can yes. relate to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that resonates with me on many levels. Um, all right. I always ask my guests this question. How do you define success? Well, I think I just tapped into it a little bit right there, which is the, the really looking to yourself is like, your define your definition, right? Like I think right there, you any way that you just said it, it's like how do you define the success? Well, you first have to ask yourself what is success to oneself? Because we could ask ourselves, well, what is success comparatively to what society tells us? Society tells us you should be making X amount of money, you should have this, you know, relationship by X age, you should, you know, all these things. Like it's really strong. You try to step out of that, you feel weird. And <laughs> and there are there are times when, you know, I felt really weird. I mean, I'm just coming out of a long term relationship, marriage, and at this point I should potentially have children if that was the trajectory. And it's not. And and just being like okay with that or even like celebratory of that. Like recently I have a I mean, I've always sort of felt this way, but recently I just started to celebrate for myself where I said, I am most likely not going to have kids and that is amazing and that is success and that is so 
great for me. And just really celebrating like that is success. Cause for a lot of people, they don't feel successful unless they have children. And I think for some people they need to ask themselves, is that truly your truth? Or is that something that society again has told mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you need to have? And especially in this overpopulated world, like we don't, as Lawrence Durrell, the, the poet and writer said, we don't need more children. We need hope. And so it's like really looking at what are you here to birth? And for some of it, it is us. It is children. And that's wonderful. But some of us, for me included, my success is around birthing these bigger projects that I'm really interested in and birthing, you know, giving, making community, making family wherever I am, creating community, uh, unity, celebration, beauty, taking care of like a bigger conversation. So to me, my success, if I am in any way participating in that storyline, then I'm a success. I love it. I love it. And there's nothing wrong with your definition of success evolving over time as well. Yeah. I mean, yes. uh, you know, I think yes. that's, that's also really important. Um, the last question I want to ask you, Joy, this has been awesome, uh, as I knew it would. What What is the legacy that you want to leave behind one day? Um, it's funny. It's a, it's a great question because it's something I ask people when I do my workshops and when I work with them one-on-one. And it's something I'm constantly in relationship to myself because it does play into the whole branding conversation. Because again, in my past, when I was off brand, if you want to say that it was because I wasn't thinking about my legacy because if I actually had sat down and said, Jui, do you want to be known as a coach for men in dating? No, I did not want to be known for that. I did not. That was not my, that was one of my iterations of me at one point. I did not want to be known for that. But it was a phase that I thought was going to be great, and it had its ups and downs, and I certainly learned a lot, and it will make for a great memoir chapter. But as far (laughs) as (laughs) – it really will. There's some great stories in there. But the the fact of the matter is the reason it wasn't working is because it was not up to my legacy. And recently I was interviewing someone and asking them, was I interviewing or maybe I was reading about it? But they brought up a great point. Legacy is not – we always thinking about it like – legacy after you die legacy is not actually according to this one individual that i heard speaker right it wasn't that it's when you die it's actually living into your legacy now like your legacy begins today Mm. and so i liked that because i think sometimes people feel again very presumptuous like oh my legacy like you know like who am i am i you know leland stanford or something like no you're, you're you know we don't have to be this uber whatever personality to like think we could have a legacy we could just talk it's just talking about like what do you want to what do you want to be known for when you die or how do you want to it's like living into what you want to be known for now and so for me I think it just always comes back to I guess my biggest here's what I will say now that I've got this big like long quantification about what I think about that um for me personally at this point, like we said, I'm always evolving, but my legacy is I feel like us as artists, we have been disenfranchised for perhaps hundreds, if not thousands of years to believe that we are one poverty mindset two that we are sort of an accessory to society, not uh, an essential. Mm -hmm. And so my, one of my bigger 
concepts and actually a second book that I'm also in the process of writing is around helping artists liberate themselves from all the disempowering societal beliefs that we have bought into saying, oh, I even remember as a little girl, my dad said to me, oh, it's too bad she's an artist. Wow. And not that he was against artists, but he grew up in a family of artists and they were very poor. And so there was this concept of, again, like, oh, she's going to be poor. She's going to struggle. She's going to, it wasn't that he was so upset, but he just felt like, oh, she's going to have this really hard life. Sure, the La Boheme life. Yeah, of course. Right, which... It doesn't have to be that way. Like we as artists, if we unhook from that poverty mindset and actually take our rightful space at the table in every, I personally believe that there should be an artist at every government table, at every society meeting, at every social gathering, and our opinions should be heard. And not that other people's opinions shouldn't be heard, not that they that they should now be vanquished, but that actually that we're just an, an essential part because the way we see the world as artists is different. And we need more creative ideas more than ever. We need people who see things differently because we need those ideas like ASAP and yesterday. And, and, and so to put artists as like, oh, we're just like frivolous, thing is so ridiculous beyond belief i can't even like the more i do research and i'm doing some pretty intellectual research on it right now as far as like the philosophy of art and beauty and when you actually start to research that it's 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 astounding that we ever came up with the concept that art is like an extracurricular thing no it's as essential as mathematics it's just we've decided that because we don't understand it, we should just, you know, put it aside. It's the whole rational mind world just got a little out of hand. So it's like we're just we're just bringing it back to balance. That's what I want. So I want to bring back art and beauty into the balance of life because it will just make everyone so much happier in the end. I'm certain of it. That's that's so funny. I was thinking that that all resonates with me on so many on so many levels. Uh, and what's weird is I was thinking about all those things yesterday. So I so appreciate you talking about it so far more eloquently than I could. Um, awesome, Julie. This was an amazing amazing interview. Uh, where can people find you? Well, if you want to see more or just like a my website, which is very beautiful, I've spent a lot of time on it. It's jtm-consulting.net. And I also have a Facebook page, Jui Turando. And I'm on Twitter, also Jui Turando. And those are the top sort of three places you can find me. Oh, and my podcast, which you've already mentioned. So, But they're all linked to that, so that shouldn't be hard. To, you can also find the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I for everyone listening, I highly recommend you check out her website. It is it is really beautiful, and I can tell you you spent a great deal of time. And, and uh, the podcast is also wonderful. I so appreciate all the... All the really great things that you're doing. Julie and I met a couple months back at an actors conference, and, and we hit it off right away because I think our missions were so in line with one another. But I, I really admire everything you're doing, Julie, and, and I can't thank you enough. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the To the Perspective Artist podcast. As always, um, you can check me out also at nickmacron.com for free webinars and ebooks and my daily blog on how to live a compelling life offstage so that hopefully you can bring more life to it. Uh, until next time, I am Nick Macron. And uh, much love to you all. Thanks again. Oh, you, you know exactly what to do.